That was good. Hello, and welcome to Laidback Lush. I'm Michael. And I'm Gabe. Yeah, uh, Gabe is feeling weary. Ugh. Why are you feeling weary today, Gabe? Well, today we will be <laughs> revisiting something we we tried to block out years ago that we partook in one dark, dark evening. Yeah. You guys tragic, traumatic. Might be familiar stormy. with the term trauma bonding. Trauma bonding, yeah, that's um that's what really cemented our friendship. Yeah. I think. Today we we will be trying some <laughs> gas station wine. Oh boy. And, and by gas station wine, I quite literally mean wine that to my knowledge is only sold at Wawa. Yep. <laughs> Single serving. <laughs> All refrigerated. Plastic. Plastic. See, it says that it's uh, bottled by Copa Divino in the Dallas, Oregon, cellared and bottled. Mm-hmm. And that mm. also is scary, because what do they mean by cellaring? How long was it cellared? What was it cellared in? We don't know. We don't know. Part of the inspiration for this episode is actually from a lovely wine that we had <laughs> over the weekend. Before we get into that, though, we wanted to celebrate. We do actually have something to be happy about. Yes, we, we do. We have 150 downloads yes. on Buzzsprout. If you're listening to us on Buzzsprout, we also do have uh, our stuff on Apple Music. I'm not sure what else we are on. We're in every major oh. podcast directory at this point. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We are on Amazon Echoes, whatever theirs is called. I think it's under Amazon Music. Google Podcast. That's what I'm forgetting. And Google Podcast. But yeah, so we're, we're super excited about that and it shows a lot of progress. So we wanted to thank you guys again. Yes. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at laidbacklush where you can see us posting about how we're about to make this awful decision. So over the last weekend, Gabe, myself, and my roommate ended up going to the store in order to grab some pizza and some wine. Mm -hmm. And earlier I had been there in the day and I noticed one in particular that I thought that my roommate would buy because he really loves the aesthetic of dragons. We actually have two bearded dragons here. They're very cute. So we found this uh, wine called Girl and Dragon. Now, I saw it and I saw that it was kind of an unknown. Mm -hmm. Had a cool label. Had a cool label. I decided to go ahead and get us a multiple Chiano just in case it turned out awful. Meanwhile, my roommate decided to grab this for all of us very generously. And Gabe, of course, got the pizza. Yeah. Which was delicious. It was. We get home. We see that this thing is a Malbec from Argentina. Typically, you have some really lovely dark fruit notes coming from uh, especially Mendoza, Argentina. Which is where this wine was. Supposedly I, be- I believe from. it yeah. said it was from Mendoza. So you get that, you get some nice leathery tannins. Pepper. Lots of pepper. It, it's typically going to be some amazing Malbec. Yeah. My roommate is not educated on wine. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he doesn't have taste. I'm saying that he's not educated on it. He was our canary. He took a sip of that and recoiled. <laughs> literally. Like literally. Yeah. Recoiled like a snake. Yeah. Like stepped back several steps. Looked like he was about to lose balance as though somebody had just clocked him right in the nose. Yeah. Now, we don't want to make a, a habit of crapping on wines. Yeah. That, that's not what we we're about. We've very early on discussed we don't want to go bad mouthing people for no reason. But this wine. Mm. But this wine, 
it was so offensive that it inspired us to have a fun one-off episode trying gas station wine. <laughs> Just gas station wines. So. <laughs> That's how bad this wine was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so is and we actually had some thoughts as to what could be causing it yeah i think we got about halfway through the bottle no we didn't even make it past the first glass yeah i think it was just one because, glass because your roommate poured his out like after the second sip and i, th- I, I think spat he took his, most of mine out you spat most of yours out i i plowed through it because i was so offended that you need that I, to... I needed to examine and see like like had gone wrong in the bottle and you actually had some guesses i did have some guesses before we do that though how would you give like an overall impression of like what was it about this wine that was so bad so i didn't feel like any of the flavor was integrated well at all Mm -hmm. the tannins all tasted out of whack Mm -hmm. it did not taste like they were natural tannins either from the grapes or from a barrel the color was way too dark for what it was yeah the fruit qualities felt artificial mm-hmm. i would say and none of it came together whatsoever it it was like having i want to say like concentrated starburst that you left in a water bottle for a while and forgot about in the back seat of a car <laughs> yeah and then okay. you took a sip yeah i can see that i was thinking more like if you tried to make a wine by making like soup yeah like you just put ingredients in a pot and boil them together for a couple yeah. of hours and hope that something turns out that's like the closest well, i think I that's actually what happened because <laughs> you and i were both talking about because as far as the color is concerned we know that that can come from something called omega uh, mm-hmm. omega purple i will say malbec tends to be darker in color uh i don't want to mislead anyone listening oh, yeah, to yeah. this podcast it typically is fairly deep however this wine particularly for how unripe the wine tasted in my opinion the color seemed way darker than it should have been it was almost opaque which again that can be a thing in malbec particularly um i've had some cohorts which is a french region that malbec is grown in but the light didn't even get through it yeah Yeah. you you couldn't see through it 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 looked heavily color adjusted and it was really purple too which again malbec does tend to be purple but it was it was almost violet yeah yeah and that was the thing. Like, even the fruit, it was so underripe. It mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Yeah. So let, let's actually address your first question to me then. What went wrong? Yeah. What went wrong so with this? It, this is all just my speculation from my experience with wine thus far. I'm not going to say it's correct. I obviously would just need to talk to the winemaker. Um, I don't think the winemaker will want to talk to me after this no, episode. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he's he's going to be our next interview <laughs> next time on Laid Back Lush. We can't tell him what it's called though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't know before he gets on. <laughs> but <laughs> what I think went wrong. Okay, let's start with the vineyard. Again, this wine did not taste ripe to me. Mm-hmm. The f- fruit, while it did taste artificial, it it did not taste fully ripened. Yeah. It it tasted like, you know how you, sometimes you get like strawberries. I'm not saying strawberries. It was a note in here per se because that's red fruit and Malbec tends to be black fruit. But you know sometimes you get strawberries from mm-hmm. the store and you can just tell they were picked a little bit too yeah. early. That's kind of how I would describe. Like the sweetness is a little on the flatter side. Yeah, it's a bit it, it more, tastes a little thin. Yeah, thin. The tartness is not fully expressed. Yeah, and so it, it tasted like that. Then it also tasted, like you said, kind of artificial. Mm -hmm. I can almost guarantee you, because there was a very heavy oak on this wine, 
However, I do not think that was a barrel. No. I think they used powder or chips yeah. to adjust. And I'm leaning towards food. powder because of how unbearable it yeah, was. <laughs> it was it was so bad. If you've ever had like a really overly oaked red wine, particularly I would say out of like California is very guilty of this sometimes, like that level. But even worse, because, you know, if it's in an oak barrel and it's overly oaked, at least the oak is typically integrated with the other flavors fairly well because it was given time to sit in the barrel. This was like so disjointed. It didn't feel like it was integrated into the wine at all. So what do I think happened in the vineyard? I think that even though Mendoza does tend to grow at higher altitudes, which typically means slower ripening, Argentina is a desert for the most part, mm-hmm. so it's very hot. You run the risk of your grapes getting way too ripe, way too quick in a lot of areas of Argentina. That's why we go up on these slopes because it's cooler. Diurnal ranges are higher, so cooler at night and slowing down the ripening process as they're ripening. This is also the thought, if I'm not mistaken, behind a lot of your your mountain areas like uh, St. Helena in California, Stag's Leap. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're using the fact that there is that nice difference in temperature to slow down the ripening process and really let everything develop. Yep. Anytime you see people trying to go up higher, that's typically what they're going for. It just ends up in a more refined wine overall, usually. Mm. I believe because of the profile of this wine that it was picked early from a lower altitude site from a very high volume vineyard. Yeah. When you have really high yields of grapes, some varieties stand up to it a lot better than others. I actually don't really know Malbec's off the top of my head. I would need to look into it. But if you just have too many grapes, it does dilute the flavors. If you have too many bunches on a vine, the plant exerts too much energy on all of them. That's yeah. why in some places, depending on the vines and, again, what the grape's natural production tends to be, they'll even cut off bunches at the beginning of the ripening mm-hmm. season to prevent the grapes from being watered down at yeah. harvest time. Yeah. So the I less think, grape clusters that you have, the more those yeah. grape clusters get the nutrients mm-hmm. from the vines. Because the plant's forced quality. to put all that energy into these grapes. That I don't think happened here. Yeah. I, I think it was a high-volume vineyard. I think it was picked a little bit too early. Yeah, they were um, just like, I, we got to pick these now. And and I think that's another thing that leads me to believe it was from a hotter site because as soon as your grapes start ripening in a, like a really hot site, you have days. You might even not have that. You might even have hours in, mm. in some places depending on how stringent your winemaker is, obviously, to get it picked before they're overripe. And I think they're trying to prevent that. And in the process, got poor grapes. I'm just going to say it, poor grapes. Mm-hmm. They tried to oak it with uh, powder or chips to account for that. And it probably didn't even have enough sugars in order to, to get to the alcohol percentage. That's right. We were speculating that it was capitalized. Yeah. If you don't know what capitalization is, it is the process of adding sugar before a fermentation starts yeah. to your grape juice in order to artificially bump up the alcohol percentage. This yeah. is actually illegal in a lot of uh, old world areas because you can do it in a restrained way and have the wine still taste integrated. If it's out of balance, the alcohol, I don't really know how to describe it other than the alcohol just doesn't taste like it should be there. Mm-hmm. This wine was displaying that for me. It, it tasted 
hotter than it should have been hotter in terms of the alcohol burn it it, it did not feel integrated at all and from what i've studied a person's ability to discern that can sometimes just simply because be because of the type of alcohol that it produces Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be because the types of unfermentable sugars are actually detectable after fermentation is done to a discerning palate so if those aren't there, the per- that percentage is affected by whether or not it was natural or unnatural sugar levels in the fermentation. I've been wondering if you actually were picking up on that. Um, so that actually kind of goes beyond what I studied in terms of capitalization. I'd be very interested to read more into it and kind of see the chemistry behind it. Yeah, There are actually winemakers in Virginia that are doing a lot of experiments with capitalization right now Interesting. and, and seeing if there is a right way to do it. I'll, I guess I'll say that. Yeah. It, it it doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility from what I do know of the process. I'll say that. Yeah, I'd be interested in finding out more about it just simply because I want to I, I want to be able to specifically get to like what it is about these certain nuances that mm-hmm. inform us on whether or not it's grape quality yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But with this wine, it was just it was so all over the place. I said this earlier when I came over. It, it tasted to me like a failed science experiment. Yeah. It, like, it, it was just so not at all like i i genuinely can't believe that they were charging over ten dollars because that oh was God, that was yeah. an over ten dollar wine i'm actually a little offended to be quite honest with you that that wine was at the price point it was also it was. at a store though that is known for being a little pricier true but they still sell like barefoot and cupcake at a very yeah, low price true. point you know so yeah all in all Bad purchase, can't recommend. No. So now on to the next topic. Um, <laughs> oh. We're going to be trying these. They are Copa Divino. <sighs> so I mentioned this at the beginning, and I think we mentioned this in the last episode. We actually had a discussion about this a few episodes ago that had to get cut out. Wow, it has a foil wrapper underneath the plastic lid. A gold a foil. A gold foil. Oh man, we are we are drinking well tonight. Um so we have tried this wine before. It was a again a very very dark time in our lives. <laughs> and we wanted to revisit it, so we are starting off with the Pinot Grigio. Oh, I should probably also say this company does make a rosé that we could not get our hands on. We actually went to two Wawa's to get the Pinot Grigio and the Merlot that we'll be drinking today. The rosé, unfortunately, was not available at either location. And after two, we said, we're going to count our losses. And just do this. And do this. We do have... Uh, I can yeah. smell it. Oh my yeah, God. I, can smell it. I can smell it from here. That's why I was <laughs> distancing myself. Oh, Lord. This is just... This is a mistake. Why are we doing this? Seriously, why are we doing this? For your benefit and entertainment, thank you so much for listening. And because because both Gabe and I seem to love punishment, we also have put these in snifter glasses in order to fully experience this. So. Before we experience it, though, yeah. in, in a perfect ideal tasting, what should this wine taste like? Yeah, so with with a Pinot Grigio, you're typically going to get kind of lime, lemon, green apple, blossoms. It's typically going to be a lot lighter, lighter body, high acidity, perfect for your kind of like light pastas. If you were having like an Alfredo sauce or uh, any type of chicken or white fish, it's a really non-offensive great thing. I I would recommend personally uh, Albino Armani's Pinot Grigio if you haven't tried it yet. Their Friuli in particular is lovely. 
Yeah. But that's not what we're trying today. Yeah. there. I will say, uh, before we move on, though, there are some higher quality Pinot Grigios out there that are more complex. But the, most of what you're going to find, at least in your average grocery store, is going to be probably this very mass-marketed, mass-produced. Again, clean, simple, good drinking wine for particularly yeah. uh, lighter dishes. Yeah, or hot days. Yeah, you know. or hot days. So first thing I'm noticing with uh, this cup of Divino. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Did they the really I, hold, hold on. I'm just re- – it is off. I was going to say that. But hold on. I just realized is Cup of Divino supposed to be fake Italian for cup of wine? I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is – Oh, my God. Copa Divino. No. No. <laughs> that is so funny this is from a gas station what were you expecting i know it just occurred to me it's just like peter griffin doing an impression of of an italian guy giving you wine it's a cup of vino the the fact that this wine exists is a hate crime against italians Honestly, it's kind of a hate crime against my my nose right now. Oh my gosh, what? Okay, so uh, yes, the color is off. This what on earth this, is wrong with that? It's it's, it's pink. I it's gray it, and pink. Um, well, yeah. So I, I will say the Pinot Grigio grape actually does tend to have a kind of grayish pink tint to it. So I'm wondering if this had a skin maceration. You think that's that they if, would have done that? That's what I'm really struggling because for a wine like this, you don't want skin maceration if you're going for like a clean, crisp wine, white wine. Yeah. That, that isn't what you do. No. So I, I'm very confused as to where this color is yeah. coming from. I'm wondering if potentially because it was stored in plastic and plastic is not oxygen proof, if we're seeing oh, some premature color oxidation, it could be additives. Because I can guarantee you we are not just drinking water, yeast, sugar, or whatever else is, uh, you know, natural in a wine. I do not think that that is what we are about to put into our mouths. On the nose, it, uh, it's, it's not as offensive as I initially thought it would be. However, there is a, a weird smell in here. It, it's, it smells like, Green Laffy Taffy? <laughs> yes, there's a very artificial smell, but something smells spoiled. And I can't tell if it's like a leached plastic smell or if it's a reductive quality, maybe. But there's something that kind of smells like molding fruit. No, it's like a dusty overtone to it. Like something something smells like it went wrong. <laughs> But yes, there there also is a very actually I wouldn't I would say the the banana laffy taffy more than the green laffy taffy. It's, oh, it's like true. a very artificial smelling note in here. I will say that some the, the main fruit character is is fine. It's Pinot Grigio, it's apple, pear, some nice lemon. And I will say, particularly the apple and the lemon are kind of nice, in my opinion, at least compared to everything else in this wine. So I won't complain about those per se. But again, something in this wine just smells off to me. And I'm really struggling to find (laughs) what that is. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Michael just (laughs) Michael just tried it. And he 
I think he needs a second. Do I? Um, do I need to call somebody? Do we need to contact emergency services? Go ahead and try it. Let it warm up on your palate. Oh god, it gets worse. It tastes like you wrapped a cinder block <laughs> in that banana laffy taffy. Yeah, and like you you licked the laffy taffy and then you licked the cinder block. It has a very just. Again, it's like a cinder block. It's like almost gravelly and not, not in the good gravel. I've had gravel in wines, particularly from, uh, some of the Beaujolais crews that are, it's, it's nice. It's actually good. This is like cement. Like you, you, oh, you, went, and, you went and licked some cement. The retro nasal for me tastes the way that prosciutto smells, which I hate the smell of prosciutto, but it's I, like bad prosciutto. I, I get where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite hitting me as meat per se. It's hitting me more as again, like like a dog's like, breath. Like yeah, like something something spoiled or oh, God, how would I do, like spoiled acidity? That's the only way I can describe it. It's spoiled acidity and the texture on it. I mean, this has this has it's, like it's viscous. It's viscous. This is thick. This is full bodied. And under different circumstances, that might not be a bad thing. For a Pinot Grigio, that's, that's not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen. It's like a very specific type of thickness. It's not. It's, it, it's like a very artificial. Like yeah. it, it kind of feels like there might be some propylene glycol in here or something yeah. like that to give it weight or to even act as a preservative. Now that I think about it, I will say. I will say. Okay, I'm going to give this wine a positive. The, that apple way to go. That the, the apple and the lemon are on the palate as well, and they are enjoyable. I would hope that the most popular apple and lemon flavors, which are the most popular fruit flavors besides strawberry, would at least be something that was competently done. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it, this is awful. There's also just something, and I've been trying to think of what it is since I've smelled it, and it's not the spoiled aspect. It's not that weird, like, cement block flavor, but there's just something wrong here. Also, the acidity is way off. The, this yeah. is like low acid, yeah. and Pinot Grigio is supposed to be literally the exact opposite. It's yeah. supposed to be high acid because that's what makes it refreshing. So a lot of what people refer to as being refreshing in wine is is typically going to be your more acidic wines because they end up causing your mouth to water up and it's you know super quenchy. This has like very low acidity. The acidity that is there feels spoiled. It, you know what I think it is for me that that unnamed thing. It just kind of tastes stale. Oh yeah, like and it, it tastes it, like the color gray. Yes, like there's no vibrancy or, or freshness, which is what Pinot Grigio is supposed to be as a wine. That That's might the point. be that acidity because maybe what we're getting we're getting a lot of aromatic compounds that might have mm -hmm. just been like put in there as concentrates mm -hmm. and then but without that acidity giving it any I backbone don't, i don't know if i necessarily would say that because i will say what's there it doesn't smell disjointed I, I would not say some of those more artificial flavors definitely but the fruit flavors that are there that smell more natural i would not say that they're um that they're poorly integrated i think they're actually integrated pretty well together would you say that maybe the uh the alcohol itself might actually not be the alcohol that's supposed to come from grapes because for me the the actual like alcohol itself seems off um 
I'm not possibly. I'm not entirely sure that that's wine alcohol. It's um, it's just the alcohol isn't really high enough for me to really be able to discern. I think that's the problem. Which Pinot Grigio normally isn't a very high alcohol wine to begin with. No, it's not. Uh, So I. It might be more obvious in the Merlot, which we also got. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do this. (laughs) I almost feel bad pouring this out. Why? (laughs) Because it's like a. It's like a unicorn of bad wine. It's it's a shame to to put it down. It does taste gray. You're yeah. You're so right. <laughs> it tastes like the color gray, which is again even the color. Like we we mentioned that it looked a little pink, but it also just looks so dull. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a dull pink. Th- this wine, it, it needs to like get on some antidepressants oh, and and maybe get some sunlight Cheer I, I, up, think, I don't think this wine has left its room since january of last year well now i feel sympathy <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on from this, uh, this i still don't know entirely what well. went wrong luckily we didn't have to deal with any uh oak notes because thank goodness yeah because although on this next one who knows what we're signing up for also this next one this is not an indicator of anything in particular merlot tends to be a little bit higher in alcohol in general but this wine is 13.3 percent on the label i just think that's kind of funny that it's so specific and it does kind of make me a little worried about what we're getting into i'm almost entirely sure that the alcohol that is in both of these wines is not purely wine alcohol and if it is it's an additive i mean i listen i would not be surprised yeah we we had to deal with that a lot actually and we even um we had some firebrand or firebrand uh fireball knockoffs that we were able to sell, actually, because of the fact that they were made using wine alcohol instead huh. of other forms. I actually like Fireball, fun fact. I love Fireball. <laughs> I think Fireball is delicious. Fireball is like such a trashy drink, but oh my, you I, know what? I, I do love it. No, it's it's fun. It's all cinnamony. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like it, it's <laughs> great for parties. I'll say that. Oh, dear. I don't know how I want to describe that color because it's not exactly brickish, but it's also definitely not purple. It's let me get this in the glass and yeah, because in the in the so it looks like a Pinot Noir almost. It's really yeah, not I, even. I'm not. I I have my doubts. So in an ideal world, when you are getting a Merlot, depending on where it's from, it's going to be a lot of black fruits, soft tannins. It can Um, be red fruits in a cooler climate. In a cooler climate. You will have a fuller body and medium acidity. Mm -hmm. Typically, the color is going to be between a a, a dark-ish purple, not quite as dark as others. It's not as inky, or down to uh, more brickish for those that are are aged. This color, though... It's thin. Yeah, this is... I would say it's a little darker than your standard Pinot Noir, but yeah, it's it's more in that category than what you would expect from a Merlot normally. Yeah. It's also, it's again, it's, it's dull. It, it's I was going to say dingy. It's a very dingy red. It's not bricking. It's not developing any brown or orange that would indicate any kind of aging. Which would still be is, particularly vibrant. It just yeah, would be more yeah. along that that darker browner but this is not what's going on it's this this, again it just kind of looks sad (laughs) this is rhinestone red (laughs) yeah 
no Swarovski crystals here. No, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, I need to make a cheap oh wine my. called Rot. Oh, is it that bad? Oh my god, I haven't smelt it yet. Oh no. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Why am I excited? Oh no. <laughs> Why does this smell like something you would put in your car? Like, like, not, not an air freshener. I mean, like antifreeze. I mean, I mean, brake fluid. I mean, Mm -hmm. motor, like it smells like something you would put in your engine to keep it running. Oh my God. It's almost like it's trying to be a port, but like one that's like five bucks, like a $5 port. Not even five, like three ninety nine. Hey, And and it's on discount for two ninety nine with a coupon (laughs) (laughs) that got sent out in the value pack in the mail. Holy crap. And this, it's, it's offensive. I mean, yeah. this is offensive. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's break it down more specifically. Okay. So I get a, like, so highly artificial synthetic cherry note. Yeah. It's like Robitussin. Not even Robitussin. Yeah, like Robitussin like that, is actually like that more off, pleasant. You know that off-brand stuff, that, like, generic brand robitussin yeah. where the cherry is like really obnoxious it's it's that i can't tell that's it smells like some kind of oak additive in it but i, I it smells like rotten figs I, I can't it does smell like rotten figs you're right i i do think there's some kind of oak additive in here but i i can't really pin down what's going I, on i'm there. not even sure if it's an oak additive as much as it might be like a synth additive to mimic oak that that's what i'm thinking yeah. it's almost like this isn't the, the liquid chips, smoke of wines exactly no i think that's exactly what's going on here because this doesn't even smell like oak dust it doesn't smell like uh-huh. oak chips yeah it smells it, like it smells like a cheap facsimile of oak essence of oak yeah don't it's not even essence it's like it's it's the stepford wives <laughs> oak. it was a it was a chemistry student that never actually was around <laughs> any wood ever in his life trying to simulate it yeah so um yeah the fruit character is definitely what dominates that 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 fake oak is is definitely more of an undertone i would say but the it, the the weird fruit is definitely what's dominating primarily black um the cherry actually is very strongly red fruit, though, I would say. This is actually making me a little nauseous. I'm not quite there yet, but there's also like a really fake raspberry smell. Like a really fake, almost like, um, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Nerds, the candy. Oh, God. But I like Even, Nerds no, the I Candy. No, I like Nerds. But this I like is, this <laughs> is worse than Nerds. Don't yeah. besmirch Nerds' name. <laughs> but like, just, but Nerds are so artificial. Yeah. Oh my god, you know what this smells like? Mm. If you know how when you smell a jar like Welsh's grape jelly, mm. that's what this smells like. But like replace the grape with all the other fruits that we're listing and it's it's that yeah, that cooked down, overripe, almost well, not almost artificial, fully artificial in this case. Just see, I haven't gotten one of those in forever. I'll typically go for Smithfield if I am going to do. A, there's a reason. Storm brand. <laughs> there, there's a reason I said Welsh's. Yeah. No offense, Welsh's, but maybe a little. Maybe offense. a little. Maybe a little. All right, I gotta. Have, yeah. we, have you tasted it yet? No, I've been putting it off. I've been putting it off too because I'm literally. I'm the Pinot nauseous. Grigio was at least tolerable. Like, yeah, it wasn't good, but I wasn't 
overly offended by it. Yeah, it this was, it was bad, but this is assaulting. This like, is um, this is kind of starting to get into what that girl and dragon did to us. I would say this surpasses it. Uh, I I don't know because the girl and dragon was so it had this like very um high toned something that just like assaulted my nose. Mm-hmm. I I remember it so distinctly because I was that was the first thing I smelled. For on me, that there's one, just but... so, something so rancid about that. Oh, you know what it is? Oh God, this literally smells like the dump sink that we had at the back of the store. <laughs> no, really. Um, at the back of the store, we have a dump sink. We're not allowed to keep any of the bottles that are opened at the end of the night, so it all gets dumped. This smells like that. This, this is, is what overly I, oxidized tannins. This That's is, what this. T- this is what I imagine that would smell like. Yeah. This, yeah. It's exactly what it smells like. So, like, I can picture Actually, the flies. that might be where this weird oak thing is coming from because it, the tannins the, are just – It's completely been, It's oxidized. been oxidizing yeah. in this plastic packaging. Who knows how uh, long this was sitting before we got to it. Yeah. We we don't know. We don't and know. Not, like, we still haven't tasted this. Yeah, we still haven't. <laughs> I don't want to. All right. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. All right. How is it sour? How is it sour? Did this start out as a white grape? <laughs> Was this actually just the Pinot Grigio that they added some stuff to? This has higher acidity than the Pinot Grigio. It doesn't have higher acidity. It's tartar. Okay. No, you're right. Because my mouth is like bone dry right now. Yeah. Yeah. I am not salivating at all. Yes, it is tartness. How is it tart though? It doesn't smell tart. No, at it smells all. rancid. It smells like it, overly oxidized tannins. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! See, <laughs> if if we want to talk about concerning comparisons to the Pinot Grigio, this the perception at least on my palate, it has a lighter body. Yeah. Than the Pinot Grigio. Oh no, which it is, totally does. Which is really worrying because the alcohol is higher and this has tannins in it. Yeah, and it tastes. <laughs> A lot like blackberry and cherry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But like blackberry and, and cherry, if they had been boiling on a stove for four hours. <laughs> oh, gosh. See, my mouth isn't even bone dry right now. Mine is. Because the, there are tannins in here, and they are so grippy. Oh, my Lord, are they grippy. I kind of feel them on the back of my teeth literally like on my molars it feels like they're just polymerizing (laughs) wow this is uh oh dear this is like the wine equivalent of you know that that one candy that your grandma would give you for like halloween it was that like generic hard candy that had the chewy center and it it was always like 25 years old so the outside was like kind of damp from whatever moisture had accumulated under the wrapper in that time period. and it, it would just like cling to your teeth this is the wine equivalent of that like it it's it's the wine that nobody wanted i don't know i don't know i i i just i don't know michael i don't know this is- I, i'm sad first the wine was sad now i am sad dear yeah this is this is bad. So as far as the fruits go, we would say that these fruits are rancid. Uh, as far as the acidity goes, <laughs> not enough to balance out the tannins. I don't know what just hit my palate, but something just hit my palate that I hadn't done. It's like it's like licking 
the wood of the bramble and also getting a, a cut on your tongue from the thorn. What I just smelled was like the wood from the water park slides that are like <laughs> like really old, like King's Dominion whitewater rafting. Yeah. It's like oh no. It's like I I can I can smell that in uh-huh. this. Yeah, this that is, whole rhyme. This is like this is getting in my head. Like <laughs> Like, I, I feel like I'm in a horror movie right now, and this is like a parasite. This is the Venom sequel. We're, we're, oh, we're, we're participating in the Venom sequel. I was, sequel I was right thinking now. that this is like the, uh, this is the serial killer who's trying to, to be something that he's not. Would uh. you drink me? I drink me. Like, literally, they're just like, how are we going to sell this? Who are we going to sell this to? And they're just like, put it in a gas station. Somebody's going like, to see it and think it's a good idea. This, like, just. Whatever you think gas station wine is, it's this. Yeah. Whatever. In that way, it's a mood. You're <laughs> yes. depressed. <laughs> yes. It is. It is a mood. There is something very saccharine here. Yeah. And I do use the word saccharine for a reason. It's all, actually, you know what this kind of reminds me of? This kind of reminds me of it, like if vermouth went bad. Yeah. Like that. A very low quality red vermouth that went bad. And has been sitting on your shelf for eight years. Yeah, that's es- yeah, I, that's essentially that. I I don't like this. <laughs> all all in all, uh, yeah, I'd say that this is awful, Michael. Why did we do this? Uh, I well, okay, so uh, so we did uh, do one thing, one kindness to ourselves yeah. after all this. I'm dumping this. I think I'm I'm done. Like I can't yeah examine yeah. any more of this. There's nothing left to we, examine. We also use spit cups for this because we're, we're not we're not doing that. I'm not putting that on my body. Yeah, who knows what? Like, there are so many like weird chemical smells going on in both of these wines that I just don't know that I believe that they're actually safe for consumption. <laughs> I I have my doubts that the FDA actually approved these for sale. Yeah, like I'm sure that the animals died shortly thereafter <laughs> maybe from other experiments but i i think that that might actually be uh part of the reason why they survived you know how uh the meat industry has regulations on how many rats and cockroaches can be legally allowed to end up in the meat yeah i kind of feel like like that if happened you didn't at, know that sorry yeah sorry to put you off uh particularly hot dog production forever but like this i can imagine that that whatever winery or lab let's be real that this came from had a similar guideline where they just had like they had a maximum number of animals that were allowed to die in the vats while the wine was fermenting (laughs) (laughs) and and they were like all right we have three possums and two raccoons in there we we can't we can't let it anymore anymore. wow something smelled like it's died yeah wine's done (laughs) It's that's, that's how you know it's ready oh, God. oh goodness all right so so to be kind to ourselves yes please i i, I knew that this enough. was a bad idea <laughs> so i went ahead and got us a little treat from italy this is the tesoro della regina or as it's translated the treasure of the queen it is a chianti classico that is docg which means that it has to have at least 80% of Sangiovese grapes and is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the highest level of scrutiny that you can put a wine under. Correct. In Italy. 
DOCG is going to be at the top of your Appalachian system in Italy. Yeah, your your Appalachian pyramid. And Classico means that this came from the original region of Chianti. In Italy, over time, many of your regions have expanded their growing areas. So when you see the designation Classico, it, it means that it'll be in that historical region where it was first uh, documented that they were growing wines, but also there are typically stricter regulations surrounding the production of these wines as well from Classico regions. I'm just going to go ahead and... Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to see our wonderful spit cups <laughs> just basking in all their glory. Yeah, maybe not. I also <laughs> just don't want the smell. So what do you guys do for your podcasts? <laughs> we, we torture ourselves. <laughs> we, we, we put ourselves to, in pain. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I actually enjoy the bad experiences as well because it really gives you an appreciation <laughs> for things. That's yeah, that's a good point. You know, so so the good things. So the the good things or we, the good thing in particular that we're about to drink. Yeah. Typically Chianti. This is one that it used to be considered super cheap. And typically it came in like a little wicker basket bottle and it was just your table wine at Italian restaurants if you're from the U.S., that was just what they would have in their little Italian restaurants or whatever. And it just was considered kind of the cheaper option. You can go to some amazing places now that are going to give you Chianti, and it's going to be high-quality Chianti these days. But for the longest time, I didn't even like Chianti because I, I hadn't ever had one that I thought was good. Italian wines also in general. I, I don't drink a whole lot of Italian wines <clears throat> for the express purpose of Italy overall is a very hot region, except for kind of in the northern parts of Italy. And that means that the grapes that grow there are very hardy grapes. So <laughs> that translates normally into very high tannin, very aggressive grapes. Italian wines, though, red wines at least, tend to age beautifully. Yeah. Those high tannins will either fall off or they get wrapped around oxygen molecules in mm -hmm. that. They, and, they polymerize over yeah. time. They they will bind with each other as well yeah. as they're in the bottle and form longer chains that are smoother on the palate. So they can be really amazing. With Chianti in particular, though, you get a lot of like red fruits, dried herbs. You can get some like balsamic vinegar. There is supposed to be a decent amount of acidity in this. Mm -hmm. And it ranges in its body. Typically, uh, at least from my experience, the Tesoro is going to be medium. Let's see. What are you getting on the nose? Definitely red fruits, as you said. Raspberry, red cherry, red plums. Some, some very ripe strawberries, but I would say almost more wild strawberries, not necessarily what you get at the grocery store. There is a bit of a herbal note. I'm getting kind of like an oregano. Yeah, and it's it's more more dried than fresh, I would say. I would add a little bit of thyme in there as well. I mean, we probably should let it open up, yeah. Maybe that's why I've been swirling this whole time. Yeah. No, uh, you were saying thyme, and I was attempting at humor. He's giving me the death guys. <laughs> I'm quitting this podcast. <laughs> we're done. You've subjected me to enough today. <laughs> I do get a bit of that balsamic. Definitely. It's, I, can, I can see that. Um, it's completely imbalanced, though. It isn't like... And it's very subtle. So uh, a balsamic on wines like this tends to become much more pronounced with age. This is only, what, a 2018? 2019. 2019. So it's not even that old. This is a... 
It's more like a it's, very freshly made. Yeah, very, very light. I think also what could be influencing that perception is the fruit is very ripe. And particularly cherries for me, when they get to a certain ripeness, tend to kind of have almost a balsamic quality to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that as an authoritative thing. That's just kind of how my own nose yeah. perceives that, that well, aroma. Also, those, those herbs definitely being that kind of like dried herb. It mm-hmm. is kind of the expected palate of, of more of that kind of balsamic-y, mm-hmm. balsamic-y aroma. Yeah, it's a little, a little tight, as we talked about in our last episode. If you're serving this for a dinner party, I would definitely recommend decanting for at least an hour yeah. beforehand. I would even maybe go upwards of two. Yeah, I'm almost hesitant. I'm going to sip this in a second, but I know that it's going to be much better in, in a little bit here. Yeah. Now, thankfully, you know, we have fairly large bowls on these glasses, so there's Yeah, that's why I grabbed them. Of, there's a good amount of oxygen exposure happening. And it's it's already, even in the time I've been swirling, the, the fruit is opening up a little bit more uh, depth. Yeah. Really, really smooth on the palate, actually. Let me give it a taste. Just a quick taste. Just, just a quick taste. Okay, yeah, this is this is a young Sangiovese. The tannins are they're a little aggressive. The alcohol is also a little aggressive. What is this? Fourteen, thirteen. Wow. Okay. Um, reads hot to me for thirteen. I do see what you mean. That can be a, a variety of factors. Normally, I'm pretty good about guessing alcohol percentages, but um, <clears throat> it could be everything from labeling isn't always very accurate <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh shots fired when it comes well no that's just that kind of the whole industry this is very true even the beer industry the beer industry is notorious for it. yeah uh, you you have some leeway there legally um and and it is legal it's not people aren't breaking the law but it, sometimes you can have a little wheel room there it could also just be that because the tannins are particularly aggressive, I might just be thinking more aggressive. And so that's affecting, I might be talking myself into thinking it's higher alcohol than it is. But then again, I can, it's still in my I, throat. Yeah. No, I can it, taste it's it. In, in my it's throat. in my throat. And I, I haven't taken a sip since I've been talking about the alcohol. So I, I, I have questions <laughs> about that. Um, this is a young wine. This is a young Italian wine in particular from a very hot region. But all that aside, the fruit is really nice. Um, it's very rich. Mm-hmm. Aside from kind of how grippy the tannins are right now, I would not say that they're overly astringent. Mm-hmm. They were very clearly ripe when they were picked. There's just a lot of them yeah. there. And they will mellow out again with time. Even they'll mellow out a little bit as we're sipping on them, and not nearly to the degree that they will with a bottle age. But yeah. And I'm really loving just the integration between those mm-hmm. those more herbaceous notes and the fruit itself. Because it's like the fruits are just very well wrapped with them. It's It gives mm-hmm. a lot of character, a lot of complexity. Yeah. And the oak is super well integrated. Uh, Chianti, by law, is mandated to be an oak. I don't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it's... Oh, okay. So, yeah, it must be aged for at least 11 months. Uh, maybe admitted for consumption only on 1st October of the year following the harvest. Interesting. I was going to say about a year, but I didn't want to be wrong. So I guess I was right. Uh, So yeah, 11 months gives plenty of time to integrate well with the wine and not feel disjointed. Honestly, it's, I wouldn't even really say it's, it's there for sure, but it's not. I don't, I don't actually get a ton of it. Yeah. You don't think this is an oaked wine drinking it. I almost feel like I have to try for it. I also wonder if there are not using um fully new barrels at least for all of the wine that might um, be why because 
particularly, I would say nutmeg and vanilla are on the palate. They're there, but they're not the the nutmeg in particular. There are some other baking spices on here, but they're not really screaming at. Me. Yeah, none of none of those notes are really. This is definitely a much more fruity wine mm-hmm. than anything else. The vanilla and the nutmeg, I do think that they're there, but they're not yelling at me yeah. as as much as I typically actually even like in a wine. But mm-hmm. it's just this is Chianti. Yeah. It's it's very well integrated, grapefruit profile. The herbs, again, come through very nicely. There's a little bit of earthiness going on, but this wine is so young that it's not anything that I could really call as like soil or wet leaves no. or anything like that. Um, but I could I could definitely see that developing with some age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that uh, – because there's a fairly high amount of tannins in this. Yeah. I mean, that's just Sangiovese as a grape. Yeah. Do you think that this would be worth giving time to? Oh, for sure. The, I mean, you could easily get away with a couple years, probably longer, I would imagine. But that would probably be a wise decision if you are going to age a bottle like this to maybe get two yeah. and lay them both down and try one of them two to three years out if you are trying to age for a longer period just to make sure it is developing properly. Oh, gosh. What was that um that thing that you were looking at that you were mentioning the other day about like there are a couple of specific transformations of wine Oh, okay. So there's been some new research that has been done that has shown that at um, certain points in a wine's development, it'll make kind of a developmental leap. We don't understand why, or even if it's truly a thing, it's just something that some sommeliers have been noticing in bottles that have been aging for a long time, mm-hmm. particularly in, in wine libraries. There's this concept now being circulated that When a wine reaches seven to nine years, a developmental leap will happen, which means that it'll kind of undergo, for some reason, a more rapid flavor development than over the previous amount of time. And then after that, it's about every 10 years, Mm. a, a developmental leap will happen. That's for wines that can like really handle that kind of aging. I would not. I wouldn't try it with Chianti. I wouldn't try it. Well, some Chiantis will. If it's a high-quality one and it's made for that, it will stand not up if, to that. This, I mean, this was 15 uh, bucks. So. Yes. It, it, that's what that yeah. – yeah. For this price point, maybe not. But I, I do think this could easily go three to five years without much mm. trouble. Yeah. It would be worth it. I'd say we give this wine a little bit of time uh, and meet back on it, actually. Okay. Yeah. We just – allowed this to sit for a solid 40 or so minutes in order to see how it developed. So coming back to you now, let's see what we got going on in here. Woo! It went Ooh. on my it went on my jeans, don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, on these carpets, I'm not sure I'm worried at all. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into this lovely Chianti. All the fruits seem to have brightened mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, they're definitely more prevalent. Little, yeah, I think light lightness is a good way to put it there's more of a lift to them the herbs are also um a little more mellow now yeah i don't get as sharp of an oregano or a thyme Mm -hmm. i would i i would still say thyme and oregano but they're not it's not like you're sticking your nose in a jar of them you know uh it's kind of like they're in something you cooked maybe earlier on it was the first thing i smelled actually Mm -hmm. i did not smell the fruits first yeah there's almost like a not quite basil, but you mean like a, a Thai basil? Uh, yeah, something kind of on the sweeter end of the herb spectrum, but not not basil or mint sweet. Maybe some rosemary. Kind of sagey. 
I think Sage is actually really good. This opened up beautifully. Yeah. I'm still kind of stumped on that 13% alcohol. I'm not going to lie. I keep thinking about it because I don't believe it. But And the tannins have, have softened a little bit. but mm-hmm. they're, not a, they're not as aggressive. But they're, again, it's a young wine. They're only going to mellow up so much in the glass. Yeah. Aerating a wine like this will do a lot for it. Making those tannins um, softer isn't really one of them. They might soften slightly but over the course. But it still stick into the roof of my mouth. Yeah, that is something that kind of universally will come from either extended oak or bottle aging. Yeah, and I'm surprised because although the color doesn't show me a lot of aging, I can still tell that it, you know, it's had some time. Then again, Sangiovese also is just a different color grape. Yeah, um, I I would also still not really put any tertiary characteristics on here. I think Definitely it's just not. that it's, it's, it's had a lot of good time to kind of integrate with itself. This is a solid wine. It's not close to the complexity of, of what Chianti can be, but for $15, this is this is solid. Having sat for a while, it's not as uh, aggressive as it was on, on the opening. Yeah. The fruit is, it's like we said, it's got a bit of a lift to it now. It's mellowed out a little bit. It's easier to kind of sip on now than it was when we first opened it. Yeah. Yeah, it's solid. All right. Well, now that we've officially tortured ourselves and are slowly picking up the pieces inside of this nice Chianti. The shattered remains of our palates. Yeah. Trying to remember why it is that we love wine in the first place. We thank you so much for joining us again, celebrating that 150 downloads across all of the different platforms. Can we really call this a celebration? I I mean... Maybe celebration for you guys listening, yeah, <laughs> listening to I our mean, punishment of ourselves. But yeah, but I mean the Chianti's decent, uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with this, and, and I'm really okay with you know sweeping bad memories under the rug. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just not going to talk about this episode going forward ever again, <laughs> <laughs> unless you guys find a particularly bad wine that you would love to share with us. Mm-hmm. You can DM us or or tag us in a tweet at Laid Back Lush. Don't give us any obvious answers. I, again, I, I don't yeah, want I'm not looking for barefoot here. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to name anyone, but I, I guess they're kind of oh, prime. I mean, come they're, on. They're, they are prime fodder. You're right. Yeah. No, like I'm not, I'm not surprising anybody. How can anybody be offended by it? If it's, <laughs> yeah. if it's your choice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Don't get offended over $5. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but if you find something, especially something that looks particularly well marketed, uh, and it ends up being awful, please send us a message, tag us in it. Because who knows? Who knows? We might hate ourselves again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. We don't want to make a habit, though, of of bad-mouthing people. Again, this is just kind of a a fun... A fun... A fun little thing. Yeah, a little thing. Yeah, Yeah, well, and and obviously, you want to to stay positive. You always want to look at the best of whatever experience that you're having. That's just good life advice, which is even something that we've talked about. Uh, If we were to go to a winery that we weren't particularly impressed with, just trying to to really look for the things that are commendable, are true mm-hmm. about any particular experience. So, yeah. anywho, this is Laid Back Lush. I'm Michael. I'm Gabe. Cheers. Cheers.